Welcome to the Trinity Force Podcast. Our sponsor is Moxie and Zen. If you head over to moxieandzen.com slash tforce and use the code tforce, you can get 20% off of your order on premium, high-quality, and inexpensive boxers. They're made from bamboo to help wick away the sweat, which leaves you feeling fresh. Also, make sure to check out our Patreon, where we have a multitude of different perks. Anyone that signs up for the $5 tier will receive first dibs on any and all tournaments that we host. We'll send out an early access email so you can be at the front of the line to sign up and get onto the rift. The $10 tier will grant you access to special interviews or podcasts that we do. Additionally, $10 will grant you one replay review per month from the podcaster of your choice. Just download the replay file and send it to us via email or private Discord message. With the replay review, you'll get the insight and expertise that the podcasters bring, which will help you optimize each phase of the game. The $15 tier will unlock one live coaching session per month from the podcaster of your choice. Let us know who you'd like to talk to, and we'll set up a way for you to stream your game to them as a member of the podcast walks you through your game. And finally, the $50 tier will grant you a one-time guest spot on the podcast where you will be able to give your input on the show agenda and be live on the podcast with the rest of the Trinity Force crew. The money that we collect from Patreon not only helps keep the lights on, but helps to pay for better equipment and promotional materials. If you have any questions for the crew, shoot us an email at questions at trinityforcepodcast.com. You can also head over to our website, www.trinityforcenetwork.com. There you can find a link for our Discord, old episodes, and other Trinity Forest Network podcasts. You can also visit our subreddit, r slash tforcenetwork, our Twitter, at tforcenetwork, our YouTube page, youtube.com slash c slash trinityforcepodcast, or on Twitch at twitch.tv slash tforcepodcast, where we're regularly streaming tournaments, community game nights, other league games the podcasters are playing, and even other games occasionally. Finally, on Tuesday nights, make sure to join us in our Discord at 7.15pm Eastern Standard Time, where we will be playing and often streaming on Twitch, Community Game Night, for some fun pre-made games and in-house custom matches. Welcome to the Trinity Force Podcast. Yo, it's that Triforce cast beaming straight to your home. Grab a beer so we know Pony drinking alone. Send an email, a quick tweet, just pick up the phone. Leave a message, hit the beep if you're a creep, watch your tone. Discuss the meta game, patch notes, whatever helps your stats most. Obi Pong Kenobi is your last hope to snatch gold. So grab your headphones and join in the fun. We'll try and force in some jokes and some cringeworthy puns. Yo, we can make it together, people. Trinity Force Podcast. Boys are second to none, but that's the end of the intro, it's time we've begun. Hello everyone and welcome to episode number 796. We're approaching the big 800, but episode 796 of the Trinity Force podcast. I am your host, N.A. Eric, and tonight it is just me and Bomo. Uh, John has fallen ill. It's not anything all that bad, but he's uh, taking the week off, so we wish him fast recovery and 
yeah, happy health. Uh, that's not happy health is not a thing that people say. I don't think, but <laughs> I'm saying it now. Uh, have you ever heard happy health Pomo? Does anyone say that or no? Uh, happy health. I don't think so. No, yeah. that sounds like a disambiguation of something like a, a Chinese proverb that gets mm. put in Google Translate and spat out. I, I was thinking like in Korean traditions, every New Year's you like wish like the people older than you like to have a healthy life. Um, it doesn't translate exactly like happy health, but it's it's pretty similar to have like a like you're you're wishing them a happy and healthy life, I guess. Not so much a a, a happy health. But yeah. Pretty close, I, I would say. Like, nothing wrong sure. with being happy and healthy. Yeah. So we ho- we wish John happy health. <laughs> exactly. But uh, yeah, we'll be talking through patch thirteen point three, which should be dropping. Um, yeah, especially since they fixed. Uh, for those who are not aware, a couple. I mean, you'll probably be listening to this on Wednesday or Thursday when it comes out. Maybe even later than that, but. Um, on the day when we're reading this, we were not sure if there was going to be a delay in the patch again because of a major bug made Riot have to revert the previous patch entirely. That has been fixed and that is uh, fixed on live servers, so no worries there. But that was a potential worry. In any case, before we get down to brass tacks and talk patch 13.3, Bomo, how you doing, man? Pretty good. Uh, I'm actually having a lot of fun playing League this season. Um, it's probably the most fun I've been having. Been, uh, the most fun I've I've had been having. <laughs> most fun I've had I think in in a in a while. Um, and I think it's just because I I make the onus to really focus on improving myself. I, I know it's pretty toxic the way like you interact with some people on ranked, but um, a lot of games I'm almost full muting from the start and just kind of focused on my own laning phase um uh, you guys will probably know that i'm a mid laner but a lot of it is just focusing on specific matchups and i think that's a lot more exciting to me it's the it's almost like a rediscovery right where <laughs> when you first play league it's like oh i don't know what's going on everything is like crazy and it's it's pretty fun because you're just you're just do, you're just there like playing and i feel like that's kind of what my solo queue climb has been about it's it's been like just rediscovering these small things and trying to make improvements on them. So I guess maybe that's just who I am as a person. I'm, I'm an engineer. Uh, that's what I do for my career. And so a lot of it's just like problem solving and trying to be efficient with my problem solving. So I'm actually having a lot of fun just sticking with a small champion pool and just figuring out how to win like the tougher matchups, I think in general. So um, I play Yone and Diana, um, as you guys probably know, but it, they're really melee centric focused. And so I get bullied out a lot by ranged champions or just full engaged melee champions like <clears throat> Pantheon, for example, is one of them. Renekton, and the if they just get on me, I pretty much die. So it's it's figuring out the nuances of how to navigate those specific laning phase that I've been having a lot of fun with, um, and it's actually been pretty beneficial. I started the season what like three and seven, and I'm I'm on my last like few games I played. I'm on like a seven or eight game win streak right now. Just like playing really well um definitely feel like i'm playing above my current elo in gold one and so it's actually feeling really really good um and so i'm excited to maybe get stuck again or plateau somewhere higher up because i think that will be when i'll kind of go back to to kind of i guess what is it grinding the wheel or 
figuring out how I can start improving again because uh, I think I've definitely struggled the first several games of the season. So I think I'm like 50 games in or something this season, and the first 20 were pretty rough. Um, but yeah, it's it's been pretty pretty fun. I'm in, I'm enjoying league um, right now, and I'm I'm kind of glad that I tried to tell myself to stick with the two champions because it's it's been really fun. Um, and so yeah. How's how have you been? Yeah, I I've been I've been good. Uh, I mean, before we move on to me, um, that's that sounds great. I'm I'm glad you're having a a good time, and this definitely feels like a very open meta uh, in league in general that's been carried over since the end of last season and such. So um, it definitely makes sense that uh, we're not pigeonholed into. I mean, mid lane isn't pigeonholed in anything. Basically, everything is viable in mid lane, which includes the melee stuff like that. So I'm I'm glad you're having a good time with that. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm good. Uh, haven't played. I mean, I played some. Been playing some league. I haven't played any more solo queue games in I don't know a couple weeks or so. But played a bunch of flex and um, been playing some norms as well. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been a good time. Um, I'm almost higher in flex than I am in solo queue just because I haven't really played much of either yet, but been playing a lot of norms and different things like that. And, um, yeah. And then this weekend I'm going to be hitting ranked hard probably Saturday. Um, yeah, but maybe Sunday, not sure which of the two days yet, but probably there. And then maybe Thursday as well. Play some, not a hundred percent sure, but, um, yeah, I mean, everything has been good and it's been fun and it's felt, uh, it's felt pretty winnable generally as well. I also am in the same sense where I've been when I have played ranked, I'm playing above I'm playing above the rest of my uh, where my rank is. If I look at like the average elo, because uh, op.gg lets you do that, then I'm playing with an average of plat two, plat three people or so. When I'm in gold one, that's the MMR range that I'm playing in. So it's people who are um, above me that I'm playing. Uh, with uh, and against generally so um, I'll get up there it's just a matter of actually putting in the time and playing the games so I'm not super worried about it uh, yeah but um, most of the junglers I like to play feel pretty good I really don't like that Kiana is as bad in jungle as she is but um, yeah I, I know that you can make her work in jungle like it can be done um, it just starts so goddamn slowly. Oh my god. We were playing a game together when I played it, and I was... I got full build and still was like, nope, Wukong just decided whenever he wanted to, he could... Even once we were both level 18 and full build, just, nope, can't deal with him. Or I could deal with uh, the Syndra I think we were facing, or whatever ADC it was as well. I could totally deal with them, but could not touch bruisers at all even though i went conqueror build it was it was nuts yeah i did not have fun that game but um overall league's been very fun community nights have been good uh playing lots of different stuff so um yeah yep i've been having a lot of fun playing swain as well uh he seems i've been trying i've been translating some of my not Swain Jungle for the record, listeners. Swain Mid or Swain Top as well. Um, been translating my ARAM Swain builds, and some of them have worked. Riftmaker does not feel anywhere near as good on Summoner's Rift as it does in ARAM. Um, 
Moonstone Swain feels fantastic if your team has a lot of damage. Uh, but also you can go, you know, the typical Roa or Leandries is fine as well, depending on teams there. But I'm partial to less damage, higher healing and full drain tanky stuff. So Moonstone, Spirit Visage, Redemption, uh, Staff of Flowing Water, perhaps, or an Arden Sensor if you're healing people, those sorts of things like that, just... Uh, Zanya's feels great. He's a great applier of uh, healing reduction. So if you need it, Morello, there's so many different options to go with. Rylai's obviously is core or feels fantastic on him. So yeah, but um, been having a lot of fun with Swain. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, um, let's uh, let's get into these patch notes, shall we? So the first change is to Kale. Uh, I, you know what? We, you were playing some Kale with me when we were playing last weekend. Why don't you mm-hmm. go through Kale first then? Sure. So they're uh, increasing the passive move speed from 8% to 10%. Um, the on-hit damage on the E, the ratio is going up from 0.2 to 0.25. And the E missing health active is going from 8 to 10% scaling to 8 to 12% scaling. So... Um, I think this is pretty good. It'll help with some of her uh, mid-game. So we all know Kale's like a late-game scaler. Um, so a lot of these changes, I think, are aimed at helping her get to the that late-game stage and not just be completely irrelevant in the mid-game. Um, so E is her first max, and so all of the damage ratio and the extra missing health damage that she is applying with her E will be more beneficial by what level... Level nine is when you're fully maxed for one ability. So, yep, I think it's I think it's good. Um, I will say like, if I was playing a few kale games, and even though I was full build level eighteen, it doesn't feel as good anymore. I don't know if there's like a weird. I don't if I was just playing it weird, but <clears throat> I I had a hard time getting through tanks in general um, playing as kale. And so I don't know if if all of the the tank items or what were pretty good or if they were originally started off strong and I had to like claw back claw my way back into the game for our team but the rest of the map was pretty far behind and I was the only one who was even and I was able to get to late game but it didn't feel good at all which is really weird to me. Um, was that the game I was on Kiana? I I don't remember what game it was. Um, I can look. Specifically. I can look Oh, I guess, yeah, you can look. Um, I'll, so just for, like, stats of how Kale's been doing to see, like, so this this feels a little interesting. So in, in top right now, she has a 49% win rate. It's 48.99, but 49. So there's that, uh, which is lower amongst top laners, 43rd. So top has a lot of high win rates. In mid, not enough pick rate to warrant anything. Obviously, nothing in the other roles because she doesn't play the other roles, but... Um, in top, which is where this is aimed at. And there's a 2% pick rate as well. So she's not never picked, but you're not seeing her very much at all. Um, I would agree with you. It, it feels, uh, she's, she feels fine early if you know what you're doing. And she feels fine in mid game as well, which is a testament to how she kind of is balanced right now relative to the rest of the meta. But when there when tanks start to get three four items and she hits level 16 and she she just doesn't have that oomph that she used to have and i suspect it's because of the uh 
the nerfs that happened a while ago to um, a lot of the pen items that she gets. So like Void Staff, for example, is a very is a pretty popular to see on her, and the percent pen that Void Staff gives you is not enough compared to how tank items are so strong right now. They haven't buffed those in compensation, or her items haven't been buffed all that much, hardly ever. We're looking at you know. Okay, Berserker's Greaves are the best boots in the game, gold efficiency-wise, but the Nasher's Tooth hasn't been changed in forever. Doesn't mean that, I don't think it needs to, but that's one that hasn't been changed in forever. Riftmaker hasn't really been changed in forever either. Uh, Deathcap is a stat stick, then it also recommends potentially Wit's End hasn't been changed in quite a while either. Rylize is something that they offer, perhaps, or Zhonya's, or uh, Voidstaff. Zhonya's is slightly better than it used to be, and Void Staff is worse than it used to be because it offers less pens. So if you're adding up all these different things here, um, especially when a lot more item, there's a lot more magic resist focused and magic resist available tank items than there used to be, which is, I think it's good and it's healthy for the state of itemization. But these items either need to be buffed in compensation for the extra durability that's coming through the newer items this season, or Kale and the other champions that use these items heavily need to have compensation buffs in response. Because overall, um, I mean, this is kind of a theme that you've been hearing across the last few episodes of the podcast, that tanks are just hitting hitting stronger than they should, uh, how they should. And especially that is, that's especially true when you look at the win rates of jungle champions, of top lane champions. There's a lot of tanks out there, so... Um, yeah. Yeah, I'd be curious, maybe not to build AP on her. Um, I know there's that on-hit build, that Kraken Slayer, Bork, and Wit's End, so it's more of an AD damage. And I think, I was checking out the Kale main, su- Kale main subreddit, and they were saying that's good for, like, more mid-game, but the AP has more potential for scaling and doing more damage later on. But I just don't see the AP build really doing a lot more, really... Um, I, I think the, the AD build might be the way to go. Um, the AD build, to me, seems like it might be better, but you're missing any... Your your W is going to do, like, fuck all. Yeah, that is true. If you don't have AP. And your R is not going to do very much damage either. Mm-hmm. But do, do, you, do you really rely on the R doing damage? Isn't it just keeping key targets alive? Um. Yes, but that damage helps Afterwards. for sure. Okay. It absolutely helps. Otherwise, you're just, uh, you know, I don't know how much it is, but I would guess it's like mm-hmm. 150 or 200 flat that you're doing otherwise. But it probably has like a 60 or 70% AP ratio, so you could be hitting for like 400 damage with that ult if you, you know, late game full build Kale. That's my guess. Um, I don't know. It's. It, I also would say it's rare that Kale doesn't use her ult on herself given the carry that she is. So, um, if you're playing AD Kale and you're ulting someone else, you've taken yourself out of the fight for the one and a half seconds, two seconds it takes that you're channeling that or whatever that you're unable to attack. If you're playing AP, at least that offers some damage on that target, and but when you come out, you're still helpful. It's it overall her abilities should not work with AD. Mm-hmm. So the way that they do. Fun, funny enough, um, her ult actually has a hundred percent bonus AD ratio on it. Really? Yeah. So it's a hundred percent bonus AD plus eighty percent AP um, for the for the ultimate. 
And so maybe it could be good, especially if you're building yeah, a lot of I AD. Yeah, I, I didn't know it was AD based either. So apparently her her ult has AD ratios as well as the passive on her E has an AD ratio as well. Um, and then the Q also has an AD ratio. So your, your kid actually has a decent amount of AD Are those ratio. dealing physical or magic damage? They deal magic damage with the AD okay. ratio, yeah. So, so it, then yeah. Void Staff and mm-hmm. Sork Shoes or whatever you're going to be getting there actually deliver more value yeah. pound for pound than the AD does. Yeah. So I wonder <laughs> I wonder if it'd be weird to just be like build like full AD and then just have a Void Staff or something like that. That's the Corky build. That's mm-hmm. what you do with Corky. Yeah. I don't see why not. Pretty interesting. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Um, anything else you want to talk about with Kale? No. Okay, cool. Let's move on to some people's favorite jungler, Lee Sin. Uh, he is getting changed. Lee has been in a bit of a sore spot for uh, quite a while, honestly. Right now I'm looking. He has 46 and change percent win rate uh the second worst jungler on the patch so i'm actually curious who's lower who's worse than him i'll look that up in a second here but um lee sin is getting a q so his q bonus ad ratio is going from 1 to 1.2 his e now has a total ad ratio it's the same at same at level one and better after uh and then also the e slow which is the second activation of the e it was 20 to 60%. Now it's 20 to 80% scaling with levels. So the same early, better later. This Does this bring back Lane Lee at all? I don't think so, because it's he, he was Emacs when it was in lane, but he lost all the Omnivamp and the shield power a while ago. So I don't think so. But um, in the jungle, this will help some. Uh, Lee Sin should still have... If he has like a 48% win rate, I don't think he should go any higher just because of the insane skill cap that you can have with this champion. So he belongs at like 47 and a half, 48 probably. Just like some of the, you know, just like a Katarina player, or Katarina does, or I don't know, Rise deserves to have a low win rate, Azir, those sorts of champions do. I think uh, Lee is in that same boat. Yeah. Um, let me see. I'm actually curious who the worst uh, statistically jungler is on this patch. Ooh, it is uh, Zed with a 43% win rate in jungle. Zed, the character who's barely or not really supposed to be played in jungle, is the only character that's worse at jungle than a character that's designed for the jungle in Lee Sin. I played a I played a game. <laughs> I played Lee Sin jungle. And the enemy played Zed jungle, and they ended up winning, even though their oh, Zed no. went 0, 12, and 12. And I went 11, 8, and 20. So I maybe I just didn't know what to build, but I feel like I was I did the most damage on my team. Um, and my, my jungle farming was pretty decent, but it didn't feel like enough to carry the team, which felt really weird. I, was, I started like 3-0 and like 6 or something, and... Yeah, I don't know. It's just really weird. <laughs> really weird. If I'm looking at matchups, also, uh, Zed is the jungler that Lee Sin wins against the most. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you're not pressing, if you're not putting your foot on the gas and really pushing your lead really hard with Lee, mm-hmm. then you're not you're not getting. You should be playing any other champion, basically. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm on OPG right now, so I don't know how relevant these OP scores are, but. 
my jungle that game was an 8.3 out of 10 and the zed was a 4.4 out of 10 so okay. so he was wow. he was the 10th best player at, on the game and i was the first best player at the game and we still lost that happens yeah yeah, that's wild. Lee, apparently, according to U.GG, wins only three matchups in the jungle. It's Zed, Talon, and Viego are the only ones he statistically beats this patch so far. So he needs some help, um, and this will provide some help. Won't be a ton, but it will help some. So, yeah. Um, all right, let's uh, let's do Kane. So, ooh, I was uh, actually just practicing some Kane clear to try and get timing a little bit further down uh yesterday but uh so kane is getting some changes so his uh assassin passive so blue kane the extra damage was 13 to 40 percent based on level now it is 15 to 45 percent based on level the uh non-rost q damage so meaning blue kane or when you haven't transformed the Q damage was 75 to 155 plus 65% bonus AD. Now it is 70 to 150 plus 80% bonus AD. So um, it has five lower base damage across the board, but the bonus AD ratio went up by 15 percentage points. And Rost has different damage scaling that is unchanged. So if you Rost is completely unchanged on this patch, um, Blue Kane got the most buffs. Base Kane, before transforming, also got a buff, kind of, in his Q. Uh, I mean, before I react, what do you think of these changes, Bomo? Uh, so, Kane was... I was actually practicing Kane, too, in the preseason. So, my... I, I was queuing mid-jungle um, in the preseason because I already have Diana, so I can just have her as a jungler. And I was looking at another jungler to play. Um, so, I started picking up Kane... Uh, I actually don't know how I feel. Uh, I'm not too familiar with the jungle matchups, but it seems like it's good for Assassin Kane. Um, but I feel like it's it's one of those weird cases where either Assassin Kane is completely useless or just one v nineing the game. Um, so maybe maybe it makes it so he doesn't feel too useless if he's not too far ahead. Maybe. Um, so I'm a little confused about the non-Rost Q damage. Is that just base form Q and assassin Q or is it that's what I'm getting out of it okay. is both of those have been changed accordingly okay so if you're building more AD for those then it seems maybe better for his clear and just overall damage um and so I know I don't know if I don't know if I'm playing it correctly when I was playing it but I would I would die one for one just so I can get as many orbs as I can um or just doing like maybe borderline int to, to get my orbs finished so I can like uh, transform quicker um, so maybe it's pretty good for for that sense uh, those who push to try to get form as soon as they can might see more benefit than those who don't maybe yeah uh, so since uh, okay so red cane is better right now let's just state that out the bat at the gate that's it is better right now um, the stats don't exactly hold that up, but uh, when we're looking, but Red Kane has fifty-six thousand matches on the patch. Blue Kane has seventy-seven, or actually, I guess it's not even that much. This is on just with the um, with U.GG splitting it up between the two. But with the optimal rune setup that they have, it's uh, Red Kane has seventy-seven hundred and 
uh, or sorry, blue cane is 7,700, red cane is 56,000. There's been 226,000 matches, so some of them he hasn't gotten to, uh, some of them he hasn't gotten to form, or some are just doing different rune setups and builds, whatever. But, um, yeah, I, his win rate right now is 47 and a half. Uh, red cane is better right now, and red cane hasn't seen any changes, and I think that's okay. Red, uh, Tanks are gonna get hit down as the season goes on, so Blue Cane will inherently get better because of a meta change right now. Blue Cane is suffering more because of meta change, I think, than Blue Cane actually being bad. Blue Cane is good, like you're saying. Like if you're playing against, if you're playing uh, against some squishies, or if you're not playing against a tank in one of those rare games, Blue Cane works works totally fine. You're still not doing as much damage as you used to since the durability update, but that's okay. That's what was intended. Um, but also if you get monstrously ahead, blue cane runs over games and destroys everything on the map. Like you're saying, because you cannot escape him because he flies through the walls at 550 ish move speed and instantly assassinates you and dips back into another wall. Eight seconds later, since the E has a eight second cooldown, then at all ranks, when you're in blue cane before ability haste, boom, you're flying back through a wall, doing the same thing. Um, yeah, Red Cane doesn't need any changes, in my opinion, or maybe give him uh, some extra max health damage if you want to do anything else. Don't give him flat stats, just max health damage would help Red Cane if they wanted to. I could see him using some help, but not a ton of help. Red Cane is also one of those that the stats should be, he should be below 50. He's so popular, and he is one of... Well, for one, he's one of the most brain-required champions because you need to decide which form you're picking in champ select. You, Kane players don't go into game thinking, I don't know which one I'm going to go this game. Am I going red? Am I going blue? I don't know. They don't do that. Red Kane, or if you're playing Kane, you pick which one you're going before you go in. So uh, he already requires brain power there. Then you have to think about your rune setup as you always do. But like even playing blue Kane, you can go bluezer which was a thing before. Thank God that's not played much now. You can go Assassin Blue. You can go Assassin Red. You can go uh, Normal Red Cane as well. There's like four different modes you can go with this champion. So, uh, and that's just in the jungle. He also works in lanes too. You can play him in lanes uh, depending on your matchup. So, yeah. Um, and as to inting for orbs, that totally makes sense sometimes depending on the jungle matchup. Like if you're playing in a matchup that's, you know, let's say you're playing against Maokai, you can totally go crazy early and invade and uh, skirmish him and get stuff or play against Zack or like anyone that isn't going to immediately murder you like a Rengar, right? If some if it's someone who's going to be able to get ahead and take over the map really hard, Zed Jungle, Rengar, Lee Sin, probably not great to do that against them then. But uh, or like Poppy even Poppy's Kane's worst matchup or one of the worst. So it depends on the matchups, but you can also, yeah, fly into top and mid pick up some uh pick up some orbs and leave i wouldn't do that so much in bot lane just because there's two of them so it's easier for you to die but in top and mid i all the time make drive-bys walk by even just like walk up and smite them and then walk away it just tilts them a little bit and it's just kind of funny to do so i don't think you're playing kane wrong at all from someone who has a lot of mastery points on kane good to know but I, I, I am not queuing jungle secondary anymore. I'm just still queuing top secondary, and I'm playing Diana and Yone top lane. <laughs> uh, 
does your Diana build change for top lane at all? Yeah, I go I go grasp into demonic into heart steel top lane Diana. I, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> it it works. I feel like I played it like twice or something so far, and oh, I've I bet won it both works. games. But yeah, I I I'm like I'm fully on board the the small champion pool and not playing anything else. And so, um, most of the times I think eight out of ten times and I'm top. I'm playing Yone top and going some form of Bork build um, and Rift Maker if if it's a lot of tanks on the enemy team. But occasionally I'll pull out the Diana top and then I'll go like Grasp. Um, and it feels really good. Um, mainly because there's an easy way for me to get Grasp procs. Um, so I just queue on a minion or auto a minion and then I wait, I don't know, four seconds or however long. And then I queue onto them and E onto them to dash and then the dash resets I get an auto attack off and I just walk away so it's actually super easy to get grass, uh, grass procs on Diane in the top lane and so because I'm stacking so much health I'm just going demonic into hard steel and I like hard steel a lot too because I can just ult like two three people and I just hit them all one time and then it, it's so many procs and her shield is uh, scales off your uh, HP as well and so the shield is pretty fat. Is let, let me just make sure before I actually say something stupid. Well, you already said something, so it may be stupid or it may be really smart. <laughs> wow, I can't believe you still only played that few champions. I've yeah. okay, I've played less games than you by far, mm -hmm. and I've so through fourteen games, I've played uh, how many? I've played seven different champions mm. already in ranked. <laughs> yeah, I, I just saw I'm at forty-one. I played two champions. Yeah, so. Her shield, uh, there's a plus nine percent bonus health, so it's it's super good with grasp and heart steel, and that's the second max um, anyway. So you just get super tanky, <laughs> and uh, I've been going like a third item with uh, abyssal masks too, um, just for the HP and mana. Because as a top laner, because you're spamming so much, you lose mana really quickly. I was playing around with like different tier builds, but I didn't really like the tier builds, so I was thinking about like. Roa, but I want to build hard steel, so the next best thing is Abyssal Mask, and actually, it's pretty decent with mana sustain too. So maybe that's just my hidden hidden tech. Um, maybe. But yeah, I've been I've been having a lot of fun with those two champions, and yeah, so it's Abyssal a little Mask off, builds yeah. out of Catalyst now, right? Yep, it does. So that that's okay. that's why I like it a lot because of the mana and the HP. Because um, I'm effectively just stacking HP for my demonic, so that's the only way reason. I, that's the only like avenue that I'm playing with is. <laughs> we get demonic and then we just build a bunch of hp for for ap essentially <laughs> but yeah it seems like i point. like that and i also hate that that's mm -hmm. a thing but i applaud your ingenuity yeah <laughs> these are the fun things that i think about when you only play two champions <laughs> i get it I've, I've uh fucked around with so many different jarvan builds mm -hmm. and different stuff because i play him all the time i'm so sad they pulled his buffs from this patch yeah I, I was excited for the jarvan buffs i was playing him a little bit in the jungle and i actually like jarvan a lot <laughs> i i was trying like the the malarang build where you go lethal tempo jarvan and just like e eq onto them and just keep hitting them <laughs> and i just don't don't back off i'll suicide just to kill them with lethal tempo <laughs> i fully believe that lethal tempo is the best rune for him to take i take it every game that i play with him mm -hmm. even i guess not if i'm playing support jarvan but if i'm playing uh it, it doesn't matter if I'm playing Assassin or if I'm playing Bruiser or if I'm playing full tank. Still, Lethal Tempo yeah. every time. I fully believe that's the best one. 
I, I was I was going between that and uh, Hail of Blades. I, I think I like the extra attack speed on him anyway. So I'm just I was just going going to town, just like hitting them with my pull, hoping for my passive to to reset on them so I can do extra damage. <laughs> but yeah, it, it is pretty fun playing him like that. Yeah, and he has enough base stats uh, to carry him through that conqueror. You don't really need it early until you get items. Yeah. So the extra ability, the extra adaptive you get from conqueror, and you're not. As Jarvan, you're never really stacking up Conqueror all the way enough to get enough value out of it in a fight, so mm-hmm. Lethal Tempo feels fantastic for those early lane skirmishes. It's just uh, you're, someone's dueling you in your lower health, and then you're smacking them with it. Oh, they're like, oh, wait, he's <laughs> yeah. attacking faster. What's happening? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a fan. It's so much fun. But, yeah. Um, okay, so two more buffs, and then we'll talk about some support tanks as well. But uh, Trundle... His W cooldown is going from 18 to 4 down to 16 to 12. Uh, so small buff there. And then uh, the main buff, everyone. The dance emote now scales with movement speed. So that's where he like... Uh, I, I, it's so He has one of the best dances in the game. So now I can't wait to see some YouTube video where someone gets him to like 4,000 move speed and you cannot even see the legs on the trundle move because it's just like so fast. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> have you seen trundle at all in any of your games recently no i i have have i no i haven't which is weird i would think i would see him a lot more with like the super tank heavy meta but no i haven't actually seen him at all yeah i played him once and granted i didn't go sunderer which i probably should have i went frostfire because it had a sheen i thought that was okay but it didn't do enough damage it had enough like it had some peel but it didn't do enough damage um he really doesn't feel that he he's not strong enough to take down tanks because he's been nerfed so many times over the last few years, especially for pro play, relative to the tanks now. They're just like Maokai Maokai is his worst matchup. Granted, Maokai is overpowered right now, and the fact that he's not on here is horrible. He needs to be nerfed. But Maokai wins or so Trundle only wins forty less than 44% of the time against Maokai. Granted, Maokai's going AP, somebody's a tank as well. Uh, Udyr is tanky. uh, Trundle wins 44% of those as well. Vi, he wins 45%. Zach, he wins 45.5%. Mumu, he wins 46% of the time. These are are champions that Trundle is built to take down. That's what he is meant to do. And the fact that he's not doing those speaks to he needs buffs to his Q or his R or some, honestly, I would like to see, yes, his Q steals AD. His Q should not steal, but lower their armor and MR by like 5 or 10% for the duration of the AD reduction as well. I would love that to happen because then that gives Trundle more staying power early because right now Maokai just smacks him early as does Trundle or Vi or any of these characters just like smack him down. And if he uses his R on somebody, then... There's other people that he can't really take down all that well. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's a problem. Trundle needs some help. And this W buff will help some, um, but it's not going to help all that much. It, I mean, it is a buff at level 2 when you take this, so that's nice. Because this is his second max, generally. Q is still the first max, so it's his most important ability. But um, this will help some. Not a ton, but it'll help some. Yeah. Sorry, I just kind of monologued on Trundle there. Anything it's all good. You want to add? I, I I thought press attack was the room, but I think a lot of people are going 
lethal tempo on him. Yeah, so feels much better. Yeah, it does. I I feel like press attack is just would be better, wouldn't it? You get the extra damage, Uh, you don't have to commit fully. Maybe, maybe I don't know. But well, so my head, you get you get three, you get halfway through lethal within you go auto queue auto. Mm -hmm. You get halfway through lethal within the first second. So there's that, and then you throw down your W. You're able to get six autos off, especially early. Like you, they can't chase, they can't get away. Mm-hmm. And I like to take Ghost, not Flash, as well. Mm-hmm. And then they, you have the Pillar, so they can't get away from you. And you have Lethal stacked. Your Q has a four second cooldown or three and a half or something level one. Mm-hmm. So it's really low. You can just keep applying that and chase them down and hit them. So. Mm-hmm. Lethal feels a lot better than PTA, but PTA still works. Or if you're playing, I mean, you can go, uh, if you think that, you know, let's say you pick Trundle and then you get hard counterpicked or it just doesn't work in the comp, you could go Phase Rush just mm-hmm. to be able to offer something, or Glacial even, because uh, his E can apply Glacial pretty mm-hmm. well. So, yeah, but Lethal Tempo feels way better, I will okay. say. I played a lot of Trundle last season when he was a lot better, but... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he needs some help for sure. Um, you want to take LeBlanc for us? Sure. So LeBlanc's getting a buff. The mana per five seconds is going from six to eight. Um, the mana regen growth is going from 0.8 to one per level. Um, the Q mana, instead of scaling from 50 to 70 mana, is now 50 flat. And the R cooldown is going from 60 to 30 seconds to 50 to 30 seconds. Um, I hate this. I I don't like playing against LeBlanc at all. Um, it just seems like... It just takes like one or two kills, and then she doesn't have to... F- <laughs> so her, her farming is really bad, right? Her wave clear is pretty terrible. So her max is her W. Um, and the way it works is you can either CS or go for poke. Um, and it just seems like if she gets one or two kills, then she doesn't have to farm for the rest of the game. She can literally just chunk champions or kill them and she's really safe just the way her w functions um i i did play a lot of leblanc like two seasons ago um and my biggest issue was i just couldn't farm to save my life on her essentially because right you have to make that decision of getting poke off or farming and already her autos are pretty i think she has the lowest auto damage in the game Right next to Oriana. I will look. Um, but it, even with Dorn items, <laughs> I was still missing a lot of CS with auto attacks, and I just like couldn't really figure it out. But the people who are good with her can seem to CS well, like Faker. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm just not a fan. I think Yone and Diana both. Maybe it's a mental block that I have, but it it feels very tough for me um, when I'm playing into LeBlanc. In general, so I'm not too happy about this because I might have to start banning her instead of banning Malkai or Zach. So I'm looking. LeBlanc has 55 base AD. There's a lot of champions with 55 or lower. Um, worth call. So mid laners specifically, we're talking. Ziggs has lower, but he has the empowered auto. Mm-hmm. Vex has lower ones. Syndra is lower. Lux is lower. Cassiopeia, Victor. Mm. Anivia, uh, Annie is lower. The lowest is Oriana with 40. The next lowest is Karthus with 46. So Oriana is the lowest by far. Okay. But she permanently has empowered autos because of her mm-hmm. passive. So it makes sense. Yeah, I wonder if it's just because of the 
the flight of the auto tech in the air maybe i just can't get a hang of kind of like old anivia or karthus you know where you think you should be auto attacking at this instance uh but you're late or your early type of thing is going on so maybe maybe it's just that but i've always had a hard time farming with her and i i spend like i don't know 15 or 16 ranked games of solo queue a couple seasons ago just trying to figure out her csing <laughs> it was brutal i think i went like one in 12 in that span when i started <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's brutal. Make sure you can get an early kill and constantly be autoing the minions. That's yeah. what it is. You, mm-hmm. you have to really know her attack auto animation and make sure. It's, yeah, yeah. But so stats wise, she needs some help. Uh, she is statistically the worst mid laner. Um, she has a forty six point four percent win rate through a three percent pick rate as well, or win rate through that pick rate. So she's being picked enough where she it's a good sample size and it's not just one tricks as well picking her so yeah but she she needs some help so this is fine you know giving her some mana makes sense um i would have preferred also for them to go in a different direction maybe just instead of giving her mana per five and mana regen give her a cooldown reduction on her w that's what i think would be good because then you can use that on the wave more or Let's say, you know, let's say it does like 10% extra damage to minions. Then you're giving her some of that wave clear. That may be too strong. I don't quite know. But um, yeah, I mean, this this seems fine. It's better than nothing. But this is not going to get LeBlanc up to where she needs to be. She also is a champion that should be lower. Uh, this is kind of a theme, I guess, this patch. She should be around like 47, 48 or so. Um, but yeah, it's uh, she needs help. So. Um, okay, so I pulled up on a separate tab the support tanks. Uh, do you need the link for that, Bomo? Uh, I have it here. Okay, cool. So, um, this is on a separate tab because Freak made a YouTube post going through it, basically in the same way that he did with the ADC changes. This has happened for the, uh, for a bunch of support tanks that he has changed. So, um, specifically... Alistair, Braum, Nautilus, and Pike. Thresh and Rakan are neutral changes. So there's a lot of number changes um, for a lot of these. I'll we'll go through them though. So Alistair, his passive, the self heal has been adjusted instead of a number 23 to 142. Now it is five percent of his max HP, which is apparently about a 40% buff. And his allied heal. Uh, instead of 46 to 84, so instead of being double the self-heal, is now 6% of Alistair's max HP, which is about a 15% nerf. So you're still healing allies more than you're healing yourself, but you are healing yourself a lot more. His Q, uh, the AP ratio increased from 50 to 70%, and the mana cost is down by 5 at all ranks. The W AP ratio increased by 20%, the mana cost is down by 15 at all ranks. And the E, his trample, the AP ratio is up from 40 to 70%. It's up by 30 percentage points. And the mana cost is, uh, instead of going up by 10 per rank, it is now going up by 5 per rank. So it's instead of 50 to 90, it's 50 to 70. So, yeah. Overall, um, I mean, actually, Bomo, what do you think about these changes overall for Alistair? Oh, man. Here comes AP Alistair top again. Uh, I, I, it's it's kind of a reference back to I don't know season five was that season six, 
Um, when Alistair, he was permanently banned. Yeah, when he was he he, he was everyone's playing him top because there's a mechanic where you go you go a sheen item and you headbutt the enemy away but in the air you can auto them too so there's no retaliation for the sheen proc so it, people were playing him top but i kind of want to try like an ap alistar build with all these ap ratios um i don't know if it'd be good or not but maybe i don't know yeah so i think Top is not the place that he, if he's going to go into a solo lane, which he's still not going to be good in a solo lane, let's mm-hmm. be clear, folks, probably. He'll maybe be good in mid lane, similar to how people go, you know, just deal with first six levels and then AP Malphite mm-hmm. is the same way that I'm thinking about this, where yeah. he has good mana costs. You just need to build a bunch of AP and survive lane. So, yeah, I mean, you would go probably Ignite Flash with him and try for a level three all in with wqe because you do a lot of damage Mm -hmm. to flash wqe and it's pretty hard to respond to that trading pattern as well um row a demonic build ap 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 alistar in the mid lane (laughs) you wouldn't go ludens well i was thinking ludens but i'm looking at the self heal (laughs) and it's five percent max health so i'm like how much health can i really stack on him and just heal a bunch of hp (laughs) Just, like, in combination with, like, the Catalyst, too. I'm wondering if there's, like, a some weird tech that I can do where I'm just doing a bunch of AP damage just but healing a bunch, too. Some, like, weird, like, AP version of uh, Aatrox or something. It probably sounds terrible, but I want to try it. Well, I think you're onto something there, but I think it would be, um, it'd be, like, going full tank with sunfire and mm-hmm. uh oh what's what was that item you were talking about earlier you built demonic diana embrace? yeah yeah no not demonic the the oh, other abyssal one. abyssal mass yeah abyssal yeah. because it reduces their mr and then mm-hmm. the sunfire damage will hit harder yeah and you just sit on them with a shitload of eight and health and then you can build demonic as well work in a mythic somewhere there or maybe just skip the mythic overall maybe yeah yeah i mean i'd be down to try it we'll see Especially this with all these, be, uh, yeah. his third champion played and ranked. It'll be this <laughs> exactly, but yeah, I, I I think it's really weird how they're giving him like a buff to the AP ratios because there's no AP at all in in the items he's building, right? Um, there's AP in uh, so he'll take relic shield generally in support. So there's a little okay. bit of that. There's also AP in some of the items that he can build. So. Uh, anything with Forbidden Idol has some AP in it. You might go... But don't you usually build, uh, like, full tank almost on a support alley? Yeah, you can... Usually it is, like, Locket, I think, is the most common to go. It is... Yeah, it's Locket into... And Locket has no AP. It used to, but it doesn't anymore. Um, Yeah, I'm not seeing any of these recommended items on here that are AP, but... You could go, uh, shoot, I don't even know, like, what sort of, I have to, like, look up what the AP support items are. Um, oh my god, this is an article that's too old. Uh, whatever, but there's, there's definitely gonna be options that he can take. Um, exactly what they would be, couldn't tell you, but there's definitely gonna be some options that he can get some. Or maybe you just also get a Dark Seal in lane, and then sit on that some, um, yeah, I think Callista Alistair would be pretty decent with this if you're going like AP Alistair. You could go Proto Belt 
you could. You could go Everfrost. That wouldn't be bad. It'd be more expensive, but it would be. I think it'd be pretty decent. Mm -hmm. Dark Seal into Everfrost support, and then you basically then you could go Zanya's as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, I I I, I, I think it's weird that I, I didn't watch the video, so I don't know the explanation of why you're you're giving it AP values, but maybe F Freak explains a little bit better. Um, but yeah, it's weird how this is how they're how they're buffing him with with like. I understand that the mana cost for sure feels really good because um, his mana costs in general are super high, especially with the amount of mana he has. And so that makes sense, but changing the AP ratio seems a little weird to me unless they really want someone to try out like a an AP Alistar build. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I actually didn't watch the video either. I just watched LS look at and talk about all the changes. So I haven't watched Freak's uh rundown of it either i've seen the numbers before this but i'm not super sure so um all right you want to take braum sure so with braum they're increasing his base health regen from 8.5 to 10 um his health is going up from 610 to 640 um, this is base health and his passive is um i think they're shifting the the power of his passive so the concussive blows passive is um eight six and four seconds of target immunity so once you apply the passive on an enemy champion and you fully proc it then at levels one seven and thirteen um it's when the breakpoints are when that cooldown is lower so a higher cooldown means they're they're more immune to the uh consecutive passive procs but now they're shifting that down. So now at level 6 is when you get your first uh, break point. So from 8 to 6 seconds. I think that's pretty big. And now at level 11. So they're shifting a lot of his passive power down a couple levels. So now you'll be able to get to 4 second immunity a lot sooner. Which I think is pretty massive. Um, at level 11 as a support, you're able to proc a stun every 4 seconds on a target. Seems really good. Um and the other thing is that they're decreasing his cooldown early on his Q. So it's going from 10 to 6 to 8 to 6 seconds. So um, early level Q cooldown will be a little bit better. Yeah, this seems pretty nice for Braum. I was looking at uh, his base health. So obviously 610, but it's going up to 640. That's actually not as high. I thought that was pretty high to have, but it's not as high relative to a lot of other champions than I thought it was. Um, there's, I mean, Diana's 640. Uh, Jarvan Misfortune is 640. Zin Zhao is 640. Um, do you want to guess the highest base health? Sorry to tangent here. You know, best base health, aside from Kled, because he's different. Do you want to guess the highest base health in the game, Bomo? I would have to guess it's a melee champion. It uh, is. This seems... character is played in both top and mid lane, but more commonly in top lane. Top and mid, but more... Is it Renekton? It is not. I don't know where Renekton is, but... Renekton has 660. This character has 696. 690? Who has 696 HP at the start? Darius? It is not Darius. Darius. Is it a bruiser? Uh, um, kind of. Sword. Darius is 652. 652. I, this character's not... I mean, it's not really... And I say it to not reveal anything about them. They are not really... 
a bruiser, but kind of are. Camille? If it helps, they don't... It is not Camille. They don't build tanky, but they are a bruiser. They have no ranged abilities. Oh. No ranged abilities. None. Only one of their abilities does any damage. <laughs> what? what? It is not Zillion. What champion is this? <laughs> Only one ability that does damage? So it probably has, like, maybe a dash? A, it is a dash. There's it's a an auto-based champion. They're an auto-attack-based champion. Is it Trundle? No, Trundle, no, Trundle's not play. It is not Trundle. Who only has one damaging ability with a dash and it's all Trundle melee? has 686, though, the third highest in the game. Okay. Huh. Should I just tell you? Let me get one more guess in. This is... All right. Insane. Who? Oh man. Yeah, I have no idea. It is Trindamir. Hmm. Huh. So not really a bruiser, yeah. but kind of a bruiser. Okay. Yeah. With six ninety six, and he gets up to twenty six hundred. But uh, the. The one with the most health, the range champion, I was floored by this. Twitch has 682 level 1. That's a lot of health. That is a lot of health to have. So note to self, when I'm playing Caitlyn against Twitch, go cut down. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Draven has 675 too. Why does Draven have that much health? Yeah. What's Caitlyn's health? Stupid. I know Caitlyn has really low health. I'd guess like 490 or something. Ooh, under uh, 500. Oh, 580. Oh. Why did, why did I think she has a lot less health than all the other That 80s? is pretty low. The lowest is Yumi, then Senna. Renata has really low, 545. Vayne oh. is the lowest ADC behind Senna, though. Hmm. 550. <laughs> but yeah, um... Anyways, about the about more of the buffs. I definitely agree with your points about uh, level 11 every four seconds being able to get that passive off on people and stun them is fantastic. Very, very good in team fights because Braum will supports reliably even in pro play get to level 11. Level 13 is more of a stretch. The game has to go longer, specifically in pro. But this is this is more of a pro buff than anything in my opinion. Um, than it will be in solo queue. And Braum is the winning winningest pro champion of all time as well, and the most picked. So maybe this that's changed out of the last couple of years, but for the first, since he was released through the first like seven seasons after that, he was the most picked and highest win rate as well um, amongst champs that had a good enough sample size as well. So yeah, but uh, I don't know. I still don't think we'll see Braum very much. He's in a good state right now. He doesn't... He, when, but he's very situational. When it makes sense to pick Braum, he is very good. When it doesn't make sense to pick Braum, he is not good, and this will make him slightly better in those cases, but it really just makes when Braum is good, he is going to be even better, and way, he's going to push you down into the ground even more or stop you from dealing damage that much more is really what it is. That's my read on it. Um, all right, Nautilus. Ooh, I'm excited about these. So Nautilus, uh, the passive bonus damage increased from 8 to 110 to 14 to 116 based on level. The W, the mana cost is down by 20, so it's now 60 at all ranks, But the sh and the shield is increased by 10 at all ranks. 
the base shield, not anything else because it has a max health ratio on it. Might also have an AP ratio, not 100% on that. I can look. Um, and then he also is getting an E damage increase, 55 to 175 uh, plus 30 AP to 55 to 195 plus 50% AP. Okay, that's nice as well. Um, yeah, overall, I'd say the passive damage is negligible. It's six damage at all levels, and you can't proc that more than like every six or eight seconds on a single character. So there's that, uh, or a single champion, um, and there's no way to reduce that. It's a flat amount of time. Uh, let me just see here. So I got him up. It's uh, This effect cannot every few seconds... It doesn't say on here, but I think it's like six or eight seconds. Um, what is this for? Nautilus is passive. Yeah, his passive. Oh, target, target immunity, six. It looks like six seconds, actually. Yeah, so yeah. once every six seconds, you can mm -hmm. do that. So six extra damage every six seconds. Basically not even a change. Um, the W change there, he has a just a max health scaling on the shield. But it also does magic damage over time, so the sh the flat shield increase going up by ten, whatever, ten extra damage. That's nothing. That is literally nothing. And then his E change, as well. The flat damage, an extra twenty at rank five, doesn't do all that much. Uh, but the fifteen percent AP, twenty uh, percent AP ratio increase will help. Um, Riptide will it only deal it deals reduced damage for every wave hit afterwards. So this is per wave uh, for each wave here. So if you get hit by all three, it will do a decent amount of damage. This isn't really going to change that all that much, though. Yes, the AP ratio is big, but when was the last time you saw a full AP Nautilus? Never. I might try it out, you know? Row, row, <laughs> row a Seraphs on demonic. every champion. Yeah, demonic oh with God. AP ratios. Because I'm just looking at this, I'm like, oh, that's a lot of damage <laughs> on his E. And so if you just walk up to someone, um, you, you shield yourself and you hit them, it does damage over time. And then it slows them and you just E. And it just does three procs. Maybe you just walk with Maybe there's like some weird phase rush build I can do with Nautilus, but I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about something right now. And I will report back if I find some results. So when he got last season, when he got some jungle buffs, I played a few games of it. And it's fun. It's not all that great, but it's fun. I really enjoyed going Conqueror with him. And then uh, I went, at the time, I went Everfrost. And I built a Zhonya's in there. I went Demonic. And I also went, uh, I don't know, some other item. Maybe Rylizers. I don't really know. Um, something to give me some extra health and some AP. But uh, maybe a Banshee's. I can't quite remember. I also don't remember the situation. This was like six months ago. So it, it felt fine. The, he is in a better spot now because of the new items to be a jungler or a solo laner. But I also think everything else that you're comparing him against here got much better and he only got slightly better relative with everything else. So I don't know. This this is the least impactful change so far of this patch that we're reading. And I think it will be the whole time just because it has to be... Uh, Nautilus is, already, is still pretty ever is always ever present in pro and they don't want to push it over the top where nautilus is just the best support in pro play because pros will pick it and not counter pick it and not punish it well we've seen that but yeah i'm interested 
about what Bomo's going to report back next week. We will uh, we will report back about that in his interesting Nautilus expeditions. Um, so, yep, and then uh, let me see. Were any of these pulled back? They were not. Thresh and Recon are neutral. Okay, cool. So um, the next, oh, I think Pantheon was pulled back back right yeah yeah he was pulled it, back pantheon it looked way too strong well i guess not really for support but like other places um 25 mana yeah. for a q is ridiculous and the cooldown being a lot lower too is he could just spam the q which is insane but it's not yeah. going live so it doesn't really matter no yeah so we'll skip pantheon then uh pike okay bonus ad on his q bonus ad ratio increased from 60 percent to 100 percent, and the e damage the flat damage increased from 105 to 225 to 105 to 265 so 40 more flat damage uh at level five of the ability and that's his second max so i would say overall this is a good buff for pike he needed some help he's been suffering ever since the durability update and this will help him especially early on in lane but later on once he gets more lethality and more uh ad he will annihilate you from even higher levels of health and it's worth noting that his e deals additional i think it deals additional damage or maybe it's it stuns longer based on how much lethality you have i will look that up right now but uh what are your thoughts on these mr bomo uh yeah so the the stun duration does scale with lethality um so that is pretty good on his e I think it's pretty good. Um, I like. I guess. I guess if you guys can't tell, I like really melee champions. I play Pike in support when I do get filled support, and I think it's a pretty good change. Um, I think this is the Q change is going to be huge because if you're able to hit Qs consistently, you're doing a lot more damage, and the the hundred percent bonus AD ratio I think is going to be huge because a lot of his AD is from his passive right. So he doesn't get max health from items. Um, it, that All of the extra health he gets um, gets transferred to AD. More specifically, every 14 bonus health he gets gets um, one bonus AD. So no matter what you're building on him, I think you'll have a lot more bonus AD in general. Um, I don't know if this will bring like a solo lane type pike again where it's you give up farming, just roam to kill people type of thing like the the mid pike that we saw in like um lec um but i think it's good for the support ones especially if you can land your hook because that's where a lot of the power comes in um hitting hooks and so you don't have to you don't have to follow up on every hook you hit with this buff so right now right if you land a hook you're pretty much always going in um i would say 95 percent of the time just so you can combo everything but if you can land just one or two hooks um, and then maybe potentially blow a flash early, I feel like that would set you up pretty good for for the rest of the the next uh, five minutes f until flashes back up again. And so I think this rewards good pike players, which I think the game should be doing more of in terms of buffing specific champions is buffing the skill ceiling, not so much the, the floor in itself. So if you put in the time to learn the champion and get really good at them, then you benefit from these changes. Yeah, especially in addition to the changes that he, some buffs that he got towards the end of last season, or maybe it was in preseason, where his mana cost is fully refunded if you hit an enemy champion with a hook. Um, and then some of the gray health changes as well. I think that that 
I'm surprised they're going this hard this early with Bone Skewer going up from 60 to 100% bonus AD. The E damage, that makes sense to me. That's fine. That's a fine change. But go from like 60 to 80. Giving 40 bonus AD on a champion that only builds AD is that Q is going to hit a fuckload harder. That's going to hit so hard. Oh my god. This I don't even think like a lot of the time now, you know, before early on in lane or even once you have one or two items, your lethal range wouldn't be high enough so to just dive in and kill them. So you're going to if they're full health, so you're going to cue them and then sit back, you know, oh, okay, I'm poking them down with this cue. I'm getting them out of range. Maybe I'll blow a flash. But now, let's say you have like one or two items, you can just E in, Q, auto, ult. You don't even need to land the E on them. You're just getting in range of them as well. Especially if you have Prowler's Claw, you can E Prowler's Claw through, deal the damage, and then auto, Q. And I love to go Essence Reaver on him as well. So, I mean, you go whatever Mythic you're going to go, probably Prowler's Claw into Essence Reaver. So you dive through, you're dealing an empowered auto, which could crit as well, especially like because I like to go LDR third. I'm a psychopath. Um, and then you're critting them, hitting them for a shitload, and then you just are immediately right on top of them. You could definitely one-shot, I'd say, about half the champion, half the champions that you're going to see in a game. You could one-shot a, you know, a two-item Aatrox if you're the same amount of items with him and not super behind on levels, I think. This is this is wild, this amount of AD, because it's always 60%, or it's always 100% bonus AD. If it was 60 scaling to 100 that helps because then it's level nine when you have a hundred percent, but it's just flat. I don't know. This is going to get pulled back some. I feel like this is too much. Yeah. I think this is going to be really strong too. I, <laughs> yeah, it's, I was thinking like in laning phase, he already, but, has, a, he yeah. already has an above 50% win rate too. Like, yeah. I just wanted I think, to put that out there. I think mid game too is when it's going to be unstoppable. Cause as you were saying, you don't even have to land a hook. You just have to hit them with a Q, and you're doing like a buttload of damage just off that Q. And so I, I honestly think even if you land a hook, there that person's dead regardless in the mid game because you're just doing so much damage. Um, especially with the way the the ult execute functions, so you're building damage anyways, right? And the ult scales off of the execute threshold scales off of eighty anyways. So, and lethality. Yeah. So the more that you're stacking AD and lethality, the the higher your execute range, plus you're getting them to that range quicker with with all the bonus AD. So his under his undertow actually has a hundred percent bonus AD ratio as well. <laughs> so his entire kit now is gonna be a hundred percent bonus AD on his except uh, for his ult, Q, which is eighty yeah. percent bonus AD. His <laughs> his ultimate has the lowest ratio. Exactly. When was the last time you heard of a, a a champion their ultimate being their weakest bonus AD or like bonus ability? Yeah. Oh my god. Maybe it's time to play some Pike support again. But I think Pike mid lane is totally fine. Pike as mid long too. As yeah. You can do, do it in the mid if you can deal with the matchup. Yeah. Don't play Pike in the jungle. He doesn't have any AOE, and his cooldowns are a little too long for it to work really. But, well, you got your jungle pet uh, now for the AOE, right? Oh, true. Maybe I will play. A, I'll try a clear on Jungle Pike and see how it is. It's probably really rough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's see. So Rakan and Thresh, um, these are supposed to be neutral changes. So Rakan, the uh, the Q damage is increased by 40 
uh, 40 late as well as 20% AP ratio increase. And the heal has been increased from 31.15 to 40 to 2.10. And the W AP ratio increased from 70 to 80%. I don't see how that's neutral at all. And I'll also read through Thresh as well. Um, the AP, so his passive AP and armor per stack increased from 1 to 1.25. The Q damage increased from 100 to 260 plus 50% AP to 180 plus 75% AP. The W, uh, the lantern cooldown adjusted from 22 to 16 to 21 to 17, one second off flat all the time. And then the flay, his E, the cooldown is down uh, one second early scales down to be the same and the ap ratio is up from 40 to 60 percent so what do you think about recon and thresh here i don't see how these are neutral at all <laughs> I was, these are just buffs what are they talking about i was gonna say do i not know the meaning of neutral because these just sound like straight up buffs for <laughs> for everything unless these maybe these notes are outdated or or like they're not quite up to the patch but i don't understand <laughs> i don't understand how this is neutral <laughs> Yeah, this is fucking stupid. This is not neutral at all. In any case, I don't think that the Recon one is all that big, uh, just because you need to be building AP, and most Recon players don't build AP, but you could. Thresh, you're gonna you get AP inherently because of his passive, so this is gonna do more. But um, I don't know. I don't think that this is uh, all that crazy because I just think that we're in a meta that Thresh doesn't love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I guess I guess we, we're I don't know if we've always say it, but these patch notes are a couple days before the actual patch drop too. So maybe what we're reading is irrelevant and they've, they've actually made different changes to make it a neutral adjustment. But based on just reading this, it just seems like buffs across the board for both Rakan and Thresh. So I don't know what it is. And that's what was in, is. that's, that's what was in the video as well. When mm -hmm. I watched the video initially, it was, uh, these are the exact changes that were in there. So unless, yeah, they've changed something, but they say in the Twitter post, refer see freak rundown okay so, so i don't i don't i don't know what else we could be missing here this is not neutral these are buffs they may not be massive buffs but they are buffs across the board yeah yeah i don't know <laughs> i don't know <laughs> yeah it's stupid um okay uh now we got four nerfs and then a couple of extra changes and then we'll be out of here this is going a bit long already so um amumu is getting nerfed thank god Q cost going up by five at all ranks, and his E damage is going down by, uh, it's going down early. It's instead of being 80 to 200 plus 50% AP, it is now 65 to 205 plus 50% AP. So early on with the E, this is a nerf. Max rank, it's actually a buff once you put your fourth point into it, because then it neutralizes out, and it when you put your fifth point in, it is a net buff. Um, what do you think about Amumu? Uh, I think he's in the category of like pretty strong right now with like Zach and Maokai Udir type champions right now. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I think this yeah. is good. I'm I'm confused about why they want the the lake. I guess maybe maybe there's something I don't understand, but they have it scaling at a higher rate for his E um, per level compared to before. And so are they? Was he strong early? I felt like he was a lot stronger later regardless but maybe they're just yeah. trying to bring more of that early game back so it's harder for him to get to that later stage i don't know if that's the thinking but yeah the the mana cost on q makes sense because you can hold two charges and so you should be able to go um when you miss your skill shots so i think i talked about it last week too right you have to 
but you have to be able to to trade resources but anyways um it's i don't know the e damage good I, I don't i don't know what else to say but i think the power really comes from his q yeah, it, it definitely does some. So for why they would want to give it a little bit of extra power later on, if I'm looking at OP.GG, uh, Amumu, once you reach 40 minutes plus, drops from being right now the but around the third or fourth best jungler to the 13th highest win rate. So he drops off in those late, late, late stages. That being said, uh, he's still doing quite well, and I don't think that we think that this power is attributed to him it's attributed to the items as we've been talking about for quite a while it's these items that these champions can abuse so there's that but um yep these are these are fine changes i don't think the e is basically neutral though because it's weaker early stronger later but it is his first max so level nine uh you'll you'll be there we'll see this is not the one that we needed buff or nerf though this was maokai we needed nerfed here it's fine. Amumu will take. It's a it's a good nerf as well. Okay. Uh, you want to take Kassadin for us? Sure. Another Roa champion. So his E cooldown refresh is going from one second to 0.75 seconds. Um, maybe I don't know how I feel about this because a lot of his E in the mid stage and late game, everyone's throwing out abilities. So it's if if there's a lot of abilities going on, then having E on that on a 0.75 cooldown is pretty strong. Um, you can get, what, four casts in a time you would get three casts in normally. So it's an extra cast. And um, the base cooldown on itself is really long, but you get a lot of cooldown reduction from being around champions that cast abilities. Um, so, like, <clears throat> if you have Amumu and Kassadin together, right? Amumu can proc so much cooldown by just spamming his E because his E is also reduced um, in cooldown by when he's hitting stuff like that. So maybe good in the team fights, but they're lowering the damage. So maybe maybe that's kind of where it is. Well, they're lowering the damage early. So it's scaling from 80 to 180, and they nerfed it to 60 to 180. So this is his first max anyways. So it's really only the early levels that are affected. Um, and for R, the damage is decreasing from 80 to 120 per level to 70 to 110 um, and each consecutive stack uh, is also nerfed too so you'll be doing less damage overall with the the higher mana cost r i guess i guess maybe it evens out but i don't know we'll have i don't know i, I just think this is, our, this is this is yeah there is a partial buff with the equal down refresh but i think this is overall definitely a nerf because mm -hmm. of the damage on the r yeah later on i think he was really strong too anyways um, so maybe he has just a kind of two and a half percent win rate. He shouldn't have that much of a win rate, but I think they yeah. should make him weaker early, uh, lower his armor, perhaps a little bit more. I, I think so too. Yeah. I, I think it's kind of in the, in the same vein as kale where you have to know how to play the champion to navigate the early game. But he, it's, it's kind of insane to me that some castings are taking electrocute ignite and winning early. Like the, I feel like that should never really be happening at all with that type of champion, how much scaling you have. No, he should basically have to take fleet to survive. Yeah. With a Doran shield. <laughs> yeah. And generally he's starting Dark Seal, refillable, yeah. going back and grabbing a tier and a corrupting or mm -hmm. something like that. Yeah. Yep. So Cassidy needs it. Uh yep. Another uh in other news, Zach is getting nerfed because he is 
the second best mid laner and like the fifth best jungler as well. I was looking at stats and yeah, he is statistic. Okay. So he has a 52% win rate in jungle in mid almost 54. He has a lot less pick rate there. Uh, he's picked in like 9%, 10 or 9% of games in jungle and 1% in mid, but it's enough where he's considered a legitimate mid champion right now because of his stats are so overloaded and the abilities scale too well with him. But in any case, Zach, his W AP ratio was 4% per 100 AP. Now it's 3% per 100 AP. And the E damage was 60 to 260. Now it's 60 to 240. And the AP ratio associated with that also went down by 10 percentage points. It's now 80 percentage or it's now 80%. So I will say this does not knock Zach down because he's not, bursting you really um in aram sometimes people build burst but uh in lanes or in the jungle he's going conqueror and or uh oh, aftershock as well going radiant virtue which maybe not after this patch and going demonic embrace so those are the two there and then building whatever items are situationally good there um more health is a key thing for zach but he he's too strong He's one is one of the best champions in two separate roles, one of which is not intended at all. So they're nerfing him down some, and I think this is great. Cool. Um, all right, Kasanti. So he is getting nerfed as well. The scourge of pro play so far. Um, Q knockup duration was one second. Now it's 0.65 seconds, and the Q stun duration was one to 1.25. I'm guessing scaling with level. And now it is one second all the time, the stun. The W mini stun when you charge into them was 0.35 to 0.75. Now it's 0.3 to 0.5. And the R resist loss was, so when you cast your all out, you used to lose 65% of your resistances. Now you lose 85% of your bonus resistances. That is wild about how much he's giving up. That is more than old Olaf when he used to give up shit, when he uses R would give up. That This is, I mean, granted, when we see, when we see Kasanti like actually with three items or so, with his ult used still only with you know only available to have like forty percent of his max health still tearing through people and people not being able to kill him, it makes sense. But this is this is so much to give up. I mean, what do you think about Kasanti changes here? I think it's fine. <laughs> uh. He's, he seems really strong right now, um, and I think this kind of tones it down. I think based on how much damage he's able to do in his ultimate, I think there should be more drawback to, to using it, right? So the ultimate is really unique in that it allows you to isolate yourself and your target from the enemy. So right, you're getting ganked, um, and you just are one person over a wall. And it's effectively a one-on-one -on -one from that point on um, because it's it's really hard for the enemy team to get to you if you isolate the target. And so I think having having that tool have more of a drawback be better um, for, for counterplay in general. And so you can't just be randomly ulting someone out of panic, right? So that's, that's the thing. It's like you have to specifically time or place your ultimate where you can get a large enough distance between the enemy and the one-on-one -on -one that you're trying to force. And so I think it's a good change. I also think that the knockup duration, the stun duration is also really good because it 
it feels really bad to be hit by a Q <laughs> for to be hit by a Cassante Q three, especially when he can just run at you, um, dash and then throw the Q three. If it's kind of like almost like a blitz hook in a sense where you can you can dodge it all game, but just one mistake feels pretty detrimental. And so having less of a knockup and stun duration, I think, is better for me personally, I think. But maybe this pushes him out of some sort of meta, but I think he still will be strong. Yeah, I 100% agree with everything that you're saying. Um, And yeah, I, I just 100%, no additional thoughts there. He needs nerfs he is weak in solo queue but he's a he's a pro play champion as we're finding out so he needs to be nerfed more even though right now he has uh 47 and a half percent win rate that's going to go down he's going to he is he should be one of the worst top laners in solo queue just because of his inherent scaling and team fight ability and pro play and and, and everything like that it, it it makes sense so um, okay, we have a few more changes. So, overheal. We it, this buff is finally going through. Um, instead of being based on max health, it is now uh, going to be just flat amounts. We talked about this in episode seven ninety four a lot more. Uh, so go listen to that one if you want to go listen to us talk about it more. And uh, John was on then and talked through it from eighty carries perspective. So go check out the seven ninety four. But it is finally going through in this patch. System nerfs. So Umbral Glaive is being nerfed. The cooldown was 40 to 50 seconds, or is now going 40 to 50 seconds on the passive ability. That used to be 30 at the beginning of last season, for the record. But um, the range damage to wards instead of three is now two, and it no longer insta-kills traps. Um, Thoughts on that, Bomo? It's pretty interesting. Um... I think it's good. I think Umbral Glaive is really strong first item purchase for like Pike and Senna specifically. And I think the the damage to wards is also pretty good. So instead of just autoing it one time and walking away, you have to sit there and auto it like at least two times, right? For a range champion, not for melee. Yeah, for range champions, but... Are there melee champions besides Pike that build Umbral Glaive? I I like to build it on Jarvan sometimes. I guess Jarvan, yeah. Yeah, you could build it on uh, other assassins you're playing. I mm-hmm. like it, you know, in especially like assassins in the jungle. It it's pretty cheap and it makes sense if you're trying to get online early. Yeah. We also, if people are playing Lethality Graves jungle, this is what Graves goes first. He goes Umbral Glaive into yeah. Uh, into Eclipse. So this is the range damage awards is I think with Graves in mind or mm-hmm. Senna in mind as well. But also realistically that specific change there is due to the ADCs in support where which are yeah. using it with Caitlyn and Ash and Callista and everything that Carrie has been playing and the world's been copying. Mm-hmm. That is because this is the change there. Yeah, I think it's good. Um, there's no more drive-by ward kills you have to actually commit to killing that ward now which i think is better um yeah i think in general it's it's really weird how you can safely clear a ward as like senna right you have the extended range um and then you proc the umbral glaive and you kind of walk around to see where the ward is and then you just hit it one time and just run away so it's not like you're fully committing to staying there for what however many number of auto attacks normal champions take without umbral glaive so I think it's a overall 
decent change, but still pretty strong, I think. Having 50-second cooldown to always be able to scout wards, I think, is really, really underrated. What I would think they should do to make this even a bit different for ranged is make it so ranged champions only do one damage. So it's basically like they didn't have it, but make it so that uh, if your range, if your champion has range above the base range of the eye thing, have Umbral Glaive's range extend to your champion's mm. range. So once you know, if you're playing Caitlyn. You now have a 650 range Umbral Glaive there. If you're playing it on Senna, you have however much range she has at the time. I think that would be interesting to see. I don't yeah. think it would probably be too good. I recognize that, but that'd be interesting to see. Mm -hmm. That would, yeah, that'd be a pretty interesting take for for this specific item. But yeah, it's it's really weird how a single item can shut down a melee support who doesn't build this item. You know, like you you have a sweeper and you have this like. <laughs> You, you don't really have to use a sweeper until you really need to, right? This 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 auto procs too when there's a ward nearby in the in the proximity, and so literally I think it's pretty good because you just walk around and if there's a ward it'll proc, and then after that once you cleared that ward in the area you can go deeper with your um, red trinket to to further deny the entry vision ward. So it's not just the objective wards you're clearing you're clearing now into the enemy jungle and makes it harder for them to to even come into that specific objective yep 100 percent agreed and also so uh this does need to be nerfed one case and one one example here is ash builds it first item when ash gets her boots and umbral glaive and imperial mandate she has a 58 percent win rate when she gets those three items in support that is absurd i guess only two items really because it's boots as well but that is absolutely absurd especially because you could be taking free boots and knocking a 300 gold off the cost of that too so yeah um cool i'm i'm glad to see these changes and then we have uh early jungle gank changes is what they're calling it so the treat gold is down from 30 to 20 so every minute you don't or maybe it's every 30 seconds i believe it's every minute though that you don't that a jungler does not kill a jungle camp or i guess Every minute they earn a treat. And then uh, if you have a treat and you kill a jungle camp, you will cash that in and it gives you one extra stack towards getting your jungle item pet upgraded. And it also gives you some gold. And so the gold is down from 30 to, or the gold is down 30 to 20 seconds. That's, I don't, okay. The XP, I think that's a mistype there. It's 30 to 20. The XP from large monsters uh, has gone up, though, from 75 to 85. Stealth Ward Trinket cooldown. This is everyone now across the board. Um, 240 to 120 is now 210 to 120. So ward early, people. You get them more often now. Remember to place your wards. Top laners, mid laners, I'm looking at you. Uh, supports as well, but it's everyone's job to ward. And then tower damage. This is probably a revert of what they used to have. And I know that uh, my friend Zill and I have been screaming for this. Tower damage is up. It used to be 162 to 344, but between 0 and 14 minutes. Now it's 182 to 350 between 0 and 14 minutes. A little bit more damage for each shot, but this makes a difference. This makes a whole lot of difference, especially because dives are too easy to do right now. They need to be more punishing, I think. 
And you need to really execute well to make a dive happen. You can't just half-ass a dive and make it work. And there, that's too easy to do right now. Um, okay, I've said enough about what I think. Boma, what do you think about all that? I agree with all that. Good. And he, he didn't just say that because I typed in chat and told him to agree <laughs> with everything I was saying. <laughs> Which is not the case. No, I'm, I don't know how all that is early jungle ganks, though. Only one of those is early jungle ganks, right? Like... Am I missing something? Well, right. I think I think they're trying to nerf early jungle ganks, right? So if you're reducing the time yeah. of trinket wards, then there's more chances to spot out that gank. Whether people see it on the minimap is a whole different story, but the option is there to scout them out and making the... I think the dive is more important where stacking a wave and diving is hard to pull off, as you were saying. I think that's pretty crucial to not just end that lane, right? So... A lot of the, the dynamic in top and mid is you, you get like this push and pull of the wave and <clears throat> you you start slow building a wave when your enemy resets and then there's a potential that you could dive him with like a, a two, two and a half stack wave and they lose all that. So they just lose out on just potentially having a better reset timer than you, right? So there's there's points in the game where I reset first um and i pushed out my wave early on and they they have a a later back with more potential gold but they're coming back to lane with a, a pushed out wave unless they want a tp so it's like that weird like lane or wave prio in terms of getting a good back off it can help push your your lane advantage further by being able to do like these slow wave builds um and just looking to potentially dive them because um, i would happily go one for one if they lose two waves, right? That's that's a huge it's a huge benefit for me. Um, and if the jungle is there too, then it's almost unplayable well, if you lose, especially in the top lane, right? Especially in top. And mm -hmm. this makes I mean even further. Right now, it's not that hard to do what you're saying and no and have a one for zero and not even die at all. So if making it a higher potential that you're going to actually die is is that if that's what's on the cards, which it is here, I think that's a good thing because if you're going to dive with all those minions and be, uh, I guess you're not taking the aggro for them, but if you're going to be diving with all those minions there and killing the top laner, yes, you're going to be punishing them for it, but it's more likely that you're going to trade. I think that's good for the health of uh, top mid bot lanes in general. I think that's just good because diving mm -hmm. should be inherently really risky and it's just not at this point. Now, this I don't think this even goes that far. Realistically, like, look, at level 14, tower shots do six extra damage. Whatever. When it charges up, it'll do, like, 18 or maybe 20 extra damage, depending on exactly how the math works on that. But still, a little more damage, but still not all that much more. Um, I, I think that this should be increased even further. I'd like to see them go, like, you know, 182 or whatever, 200 to 400 is what mm -hmm. I'd like to see at 14 minutes. Yeah, I think more ta tower damage is better. I think you have to really coordinate a dive and pull it off correctly to, to be w fully rewarded for it. It shouldn't be, as you were saying, too easy and like disjointed. Um, and on the other flip side, if you're being dove, there should be room to outplay them um, with the extra turret damage. 
Yeah, 100% agree. And if anyone's thinking, but that'll mess up how minions work. Well, it won't because minions have an, all of them have items on them. And if you click on them, you can look at their item slots. So cannons take 70% uh, re reduced damage from all turrets, which equals out to they can take, I don't exactly know how many shots they can take, but it's like 10% or 15% of their max health each one. Melee minions, 40% of their max health is dealt on per shot, regardless of how strong the tower is or the minion, and ranged at 70% of their health. So if they increase or decrease tower damage, it does not change how much damage they're going to be doing to minions, so it won't screw up anyone's wave mechanics or CSing at all either. So just wanted to put that out there. But okay, uh, last two changes and then we'll get out of here. So uh, Tenacity now stacks multiplicatively instead of uh, additively. Most sources, it says. Um, basically, you can go, I'm sure that there are mathematical rundowns that you can go look at on YouTube. Basically, it's you cannot get as much Tenacity by stacking Tenacity as you could before with getting Legend Tenacity, with getting Merc Treads, with champions that have it built into their kit um i don't know there's there's a couple other ways that you can get tenacity potentially as well but um it's not and you're not gonna be able to get as much as before not a it's not gonna be massively different but you're not gonna be able to get as much and then radiant virtue is being changed as well so um the cost is going up from 3000 to 3200 no change to the build path it looks like no change to anything else it's just going to cost 200 more to complete it the cooldown is going up from 60 to 90 seconds. Max HP up from 10 to 15%. The healing max HP, 8% uh, max, max HP to 12%. So it's going to heal you more and give you more health. Longer cooldown. The ability haste aura is removed and healing no longer scales with missing health. So um, it still looks like it's going to heal everyone around you. It won't give ability haste to everyone around you but it's going to heal everyone for more and you for more and give you more health. But it is a longer cooldown and it's 200 gold more expensive. I think I'll take that trade every day of the week. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's good, especially with uh, the current Radiant Virtue. I think it's pretty good, and I think this just makes it slightly better. Um, I've been building on some random champions like Swain and stuff, and so... <laughs> I think I think it'd be, I think it's more viable now instead of just like this quote unquote support mythic item. I think it's pretty good for a champion to want to stack health and build like a lot of max health in terms of the, how much healing you can get. Yep, and uh, I know we were talking about Zach earlier, but uh, with a nerf there because he builds Radiant Virtue, this is not gonna. It, this is probably this is actually just better for him because higher max HP goes with everything in his kit. And more healing goes with everything in his kit. And 200 extra gold, you clear one jungle, you clear two jungle camps, you have this. No big deal. So, um, sorry to anyone that wanted to see Zach out of the game. It's not going to happen. In mid or in jungle, this is just overall, he's overall better, I would say, probably because of the Radiant Virtue change. Or maybe at least power neutral. So, um,. Okay, this has been a long one. Uh, anything else that you want to bring up before we call it, Bomo? Nope. Okay. So, um, yeah, how long did we go for? Oof, a little, almost like an hour and 40 minutes or so. Okay. This has been episode 795. Uh, if you're in, oh, I guess before I get into the, the, the standard outro, 
um, we are looking for we're looking to add an additional host. So uh, if you're interested in joining us and joining the crew and potting every week and being our friends, then uh, reach out to me in Discord if you have any questions, or you can email uh, that you're interested, as well as a small audio clip to questions at tourneyforcepodcast.com or email. Or you can message me directly and we can figure out a way to uh, send it through there as well. Um, yeah, we're looking for preferably someone who plays top lane. But uh, any role would, would work as long as the, the fit is right. So let us know if you're interested. You have to be able to podcast every week and participate in events that happen every few months. But um, overall, it shouldn't be a massive time sink. So uh, yeah, if you're interested, reach out to me. Other than that, Normal outro time. We have our community game nights on Tuesday nights starting at 7.15 Eastern, running for three, four, five hours, depending on how many people show up. They've been really good lately, so we're hoping to continue that. Um, Please check out our Patreon, and you can check out the slew of uh, benefits that we have there for different price points. If you want to sign up for the $50 a month for one month, then you can come join us on the pod for a live one-time on the pod session. No one's taking us up on that yet, but I think it'd be really fun when the first person does, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, other than that, we also, or if you have, if you have any feedback, please send it to questions at trainingforcepodcast.com or leave it in the feedback thread of our Discord. And that's it for 796. So thank you everyone for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to our product and being a member of the Trinity Force Network community. If you have a moment, please head over to iTunes and give your favorite show a comment and a rating. If you're so inclined, you can check out all of the other great shows in the network. We've got a wide variety of content from League of Legends to general gaming and role-playing podcasts. If you'd like to follow us on social media, we can be found on Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit under T-Force Network. We've also got a Patreon under that name where you can support your favorite shows with a small donation each month. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you continue to enjoy all of our podcasts, videos, and the community that we provided.